Welcome everyone. Kevin Hissong here again with Rain Over Money. Thanks for tuning in on another wintry day here in January. We got a uh, episode today going to be talking about cash management. And I know, I know it's not all the sizzle and sexiness of investing and the Bitcoins of the world and everything else that's out there. But hey, this is the basis for what really matters. Uh, the, the budgeting, the debt management, the investment foundations, and cash management. Cash management is going to uh, kind of finalize that, that second level of the ROM diamond. I'll pull it up here real quick to show you. And again, for if you're listening on a podcast, uh, I will have it out on the website as well. So you can take a look here and see that we are uh, right in the middle there, cash management filling in the second level of the ROM diamond. So really after this, we are gonna start moving forward with some some different pieces, getting a little bit more in depth on, uh, on things like investing. We're gonna ta start talking about taxes and understanding your taxes. And what I mean by your taxes is everyone's gonna be different. So it's very important to understand how your taxes work based on your situation. Uh, also, hopefully later this week uh, to do an episode, going to be calling on my uh, my career in the financial services network or financial services uh, industry, um, talking about how you choose an investment advisor and what to what to know about an investment advisors, financial planners, brokers, whatever you want to call them nowadays. So we're going to be touching on that as well, probably later this week. I'm going to use some of my knowledge in uh, the opportunities I had to work with some of the best and brightest across the nation and also some of those that maybe weren't, but uh, a lot of lessons learned and uh, I've got some good insights on what to look for, uh, not only uh, for that reason, but because I was also an advisor myself for a while. So a little bit of information on what's coming forward over the next episode or two. But today we're talking about cash management. Um, what do I mean by cash management first off? And let me uh, unshare my screen here and we'll get back to uh, just the video. There we go. With cash management, we are talking about the money that's coming into your bank accounts. I mean, we, we really could have labeled this banking, uh, but that, that's even less sexier than cash management, I guess. Now I say that, but but you got to know that that my dad and my grandfather uh, were both in banking. So I come from a long line of sixty plus years in the banking industry. Um, I guess that's why I ended up in finance as it is. I just went a little bit of a different route, more on the investments and uh, and financial services side of things. But a lot of banking background in my family. A lot of talk about interest rates and CDs and everything else. And we're going to talk about how all that relates to uh, your cash and what you can do with it. So why did I put this here in terms of the, of the diagram and the diamond? Uh, first off, as I said, budgeting and organization got to be the first thing you take care of. You've got to start to get yourself organized. We're one month in the, into the year. So hopefully you've started tracking things if you haven't been tracking. Uh, I think at this point, you don't need to have a budget figured out if you're just starting. But, uh, you know, take that first month take a look at things and understand possibly where your money's going to be going for that second month. If this is something you've done yourself over the past with the budgets, hey, you're one month in, how did you do? Uh, I tweeted the other day, I give ourselves a B for the first month. Usually the first month of uh, the year is pretty good. Uh, once you get all of Christmas and everything else paid off, but uh, not a bad month altogether. And February is a short month. So hopefully uh, some folks can get ahead if you fell maybe a little bit behind on your budget in January. Uh, after getting the budget and organization side down, debt management, you've got to control um, whether it's your mortgage or your credit cards or everything, you've got to get an understanding around those. Investment foundation we mentioned, 
with your 401k. Uh, if you've got an investment plan at work, definitely want to take advantage of that, at least up to the point of getting the match just to start. And then after that, you know, we, there's a lot of talk. If you follow the, the Susie Ormans of the world, uh, a lot of financial um, industry people that are in the media, there's a lot of talk about emergency funds. And I get it. Uh, emergency funds are very important. What's, in the, what's an emergency fund? Well, it, it's different for, I, I think, everyone can be different in terms of how much money and what you keep in an emergency fund. But really, it's a fund that's just there. It's on the side. Should surprising um, um, surprising times come in your lives where you're going to have to spend some money that you weren't counting on through your budget, uh, whether it's an HVAC unit or car repairs or you know home repairs or uh, medical issues or whatever it may be, you do need to have some money on the side for you. Um, and in a perfect world, you want that money to be working a little bit for you. Uh, I think one way to look at that is the, the harder and the more your money's working for you, maybe the more risk you're taking on, that's money that is going to be touched further down the road, like maybe your retirement plans, uh, if you've got a brokerage account or something, annuities, whatever it may be, uh, money that's down the road. But your, but your emergency fund, that's money that's uh, shorter term. You want to keep it liquid, meaning that you need access to it immediately. It's something that needs to get in your bank account within a day or two for the most part, or, or already be in your bank account. If it's not in your bank account, maybe it's outside the money market at your brokerage account or whatever it may be. Um, but it's money you need to have access to quickly. A lot of people will say emergency funds you want to have. I've heard anywhere from three months of monthly expenses up to a year of monthly expenses. A lot of people say a year because uh, in these, you know, well, they say in these times, but you know, there's always times when people are getting laid off or, you know, a surprise, uh, surprise may happen with your job and lose your job or whatever, and you got to be prepared. Uh, and it may take some time to find a new job. So you want to have uh, some emergency funds set aside should that happen. Um, I think a year is a little long. Uh, I think three months is, is, is smart. I think once you can get three months of your um, monthly budget or monthly outlay into an account, you can then start looking and putting more money in other places to work a little harder for you uh, and maybe take on a little bit more risk. But the cash management side with when in terms of the emergency fund, uh, we're looking at up to three months, uh, put in an account, probably just in a savings account at your bank. Um, with interest rates as they are, we will mention, you know, money markets and CDs could be a place to access that as well. But those accounts, like I said, aren't as liquid. They aren't as accessible, possibly without penalty. Uh, so something to be careful of. So that's the emergency fund. In terms of setting up your accounts, uh, just going by what... Uh, my wife and I do, and, and definitely it helps to, uh, if, you're, if you're married, have a spouse uh, that's on board with this or a significant other, uh, and you are pooling your assets to have a plan and be on the same page with this. We have for a very, very long time, 20 plus years, uh, we've had a joint checking account, we've had a joint savings account, and then we keep our own little savings accounts that are just kind of like our fun money uh, that we'll put a little bit into for each paycheck. But those are the four main accounts we keep at the bank. We have banked with Fifth Third, bank for um gosh I, i've been there 25 plus years i think my wife's probably been there 20 years or so uh so fifth third's always been good to us nothing wrong with them uh, i would say they're probably more of a regional bank for for the kentucky ohio area uh but but plenty of options to choose from and we'll talk about choosing a bank here in a second 
But accounts, the checking account, definitely something you gotta have, gotta have access to that money, whether it's check writing or via, via debit card. Savings accounts, that, that should really be your emergency fund. That should be where your emergency assets go in that savings account. And if you have a spouse, if you can do a joint savings account, even better. And then those fun accounts. So for example, um, you know, a lot of people nowadays, I don't even know if they, they give out regular paper paychecks anymore. Everything's pretty much automated. Um, so once you've set these, these accounts up at the bank, and you know, with, when, in, in, when it comes to a bank, you know, do your research. There's a lot of different options out there. There's national banks, there's regional banks. Uh, you may have come, come across federal uh, credit unions from time to time. Credit unions are great as well. And, uh, you know, the only thing I'll be careful is these, th th there's a lot of standalones out there that are, that are by themselves. I think a couple things you want to keep in mind is you want a bank that, you know, has locations convenient to you should you need to utilize a bank. I know there's a lot of online banking and everything that makes it very easy anymore. Um, but also something you want to think about too is in terms of the ATM usage, if you're opening a checking account, um, you know, look into when you're accessing your money via an ATM, do they have a lot of ATMs? Do they have shared agreements? Uh, are you going to be able to access other ATMs that aren't your bank's ATMs? Because I will tell you one thing, in my 20s, I would love to have back all the money I spent on ATM fees that I just didn't care about. You know, in other words, if I'm banking with Fifth Third and I went to National, I just needed money and the closest place was National City, I'd go there, get, you know, just $20 out or something, and it'd be a $2 charge not only for National City uh, because my account's a foreign account at a, at a Fifth Third bank, but then Fifth Third would charge on top of that for me utilizing a, a foreign ATM. So that $20 withdrawal would cost me $4. You talk about a a poor return on your investment that that is awful so uh, be cautious of that even if you're doing that even if you're already established with your bank accounts be careful on the atms i mean that is just a fee that uh can really hurt you over time and um you know if you can drive the extra couple blocks to take out money at your own atm and i don't even know anymore i mean it, it's something that's so foreign to me nowadays because i never i hardly ever take money out and when i do it's always at a fifth third um I don't even know how the charges are anymore. I would assume they've come down a little bit, but just be careful of that. Also with checking accounts in uh, these days with, with banks, I mean, banks are pretty much a commodity nowadays. There isn't much that separates one bank from another other than how big they are for the most part. Uh, with, with rates not very high, you don't have banks offering uh, extravagant uh, CD rates and, and checking account interest rates and savings account interest rates. So banks are pretty much a commodity. It's mostly about convenience, uh, but you do want to make sure, especially for checking accounts, you shouldn't be paying fees for checking accounts. Uh, you may have to or reorder checks from time to time or something like that, uh, but you should not be paying fees for a checking account. Really the same thing with a savings account. You shouldn't be paying any fees for a savings account. But one thing I will tell you, you will want, <clears throat> and I ran into this, shame on me, about uh, five, six years ago. Don't know what I was thinking, um, you know, but I... I wrote a check or, or thought I wrote a check or, or maybe wrote two checks and didn't log one of the checks or whatever it was. And I, over, I overdrafted on our checking account. I, I drew too much out of our checking account. Um, I, for some reason, thought I did, but I did not have overdraft protection on that account. And what is overdraft protection? Overdraft protection pretty much means if you have a checking account and you're having a savings account at a bank, you want to get, make sure you can get overdraft protections show, so that should you overdraft your checking account, 
the money in your savings will automatically transfer over and cover that without a fee. Now, I believe our overdraft protection is free. I would think most overdraft protections are free anymore. You just have to make sure that is turned on with your accounts. So just something to keep in mind. There may be a small fee for it, but I think it's a nice little protection to have because we all make mistakes um, when it comes to that. <laughs> and I will say this too. If you made the same mistake I made, sometimes you just call the bank. Even if you get a, a charge you're, you're surprised about from a bank, whether it's an annual fee for something or whatever it may be, pick up the phone, call the bank. Uh, when this happened with the overdraft, they charged me like $35 uh, because of the, the overdraft on the checking account, I called up the bank and they said, oh, well, we'll go ahead and waive that. You're, you're allowed two freebies a year or, or up to $75 in charges per year can be waived. So those are little things the banks don't tell you. Maybe it's in the fine print somewhere on page 212 of your agreement. Uh, I did not know that. But anytime you get a charge from bank, uh, pick up the phone if you're sitting in carpool or uh, on the way to grandma's house or whatever. Uh, don't, don't take time out of your day, but just uh, give them a call and check it out. They may waive it for you. Uh, a lot of these banks want to keep your business and they're very friendly folks. So uh, for the most part, not an issue there. So yeah, overdraft protection on your savings. Uh, talked about the ATMs. Don't get fees on your ATMs. And that's really all you have to worry about in terms of fees from a bank. Now you get into having an equity line with a bank, um, something like that where you're, you're that second mortgage on the house or we kind of use that as our emergency fund. We've got easy access to that uh, equity buildup in the house. We've got like $75,000, $80,000 equity line that we hardly ever use, uh, but it's there for remodels or whatever. But from time to time, uh, if it's a situation of liquidity and I can't get money moved fast enough, I'll use that as my emergency fund. So um, I don't recommend that for everybody. That's a bit more advanced. Uh, but if you're pretty organized with your money and you know you've got money to back it up and you can quickly get money over to pay off that equity line because you are going to get charged interest on that, um, that's another option to go as well. With equity lines, you may be able to get uh, no annual fee on that, um, but I wouldn't pay more than, than $100 annually to have an equity line set up at a bank. Um, just based on my experience, I, I wouldn't go any higher than that. And then the last thing I'll say when it comes to, to the cash management side is let's say that you've got that, uh, you've got your checking account set up, you've got your savings account set up, you're getting your paychecks, it's flowing into your different accounts, that's great. Um, you've got your emergency fund set up and you, but you maybe wanna have some other money working a little bit harder for you, or maybe you're kind of in the same boat as myself that, Hey, you know, I'm going to keep this money where I've got easy access to it. I'm confident I can get it moved should I need it. I want that money working a little harder. Uh, the other two options out there, uh, kind of that next step in cash management would be money market funds and CDs. Um, money markets are um, kind of like cash. What, what would I call them? Cash mutual funds. Uh, they're invested in very short, short term um, obligations. Uh, they, they try and stay very level in their pricing. So you're not going to invest in a, in a money market mutual fund and expect the $1 unit price or the $1 share price to double or something like that. It's not there for growth. Uh, money markets are designed to provide a low yield and how it's calculated or how it's displayed is by something called a seven day SEC yield. And for a long time, I, I didn't even understand that. And I actually had to had to print it out. But the seven day yield, the, the SEC yield for a money market fund is calculated by annualizing its daily income distributions for the previous seven days. 
So I just happened to look at Vanguard's money market fund. It's a very popular money market fund through Vanguard. Uh, their seven-day SEC yield is at 4.35%. So that's kind of the going annualized rate right now. So you let's just say, easy math, you put in um, $100,000. That's too much. Let's say you put in $10,000 and into this Vanguard money market fund, and it stabilizes and stays at that 4.35% annualized yield over a year, you're going to get 4.35% interest on that $10,000 or uh, $435. A lot of the times with these money markets and CDs, uh, if these are bank accounts and not in your retirement account, these uh, the this interest that's paid to you will be taxable. So you will have to report that uh, on your taxes each year. So just make sure if you've got these kind of accounts that you are getting those documents from your bank as well to report on your taxes. Um, so that's a money market account. Uh, it used to be very popular when uh, interest rates were higher. We're starting to creep back up now. So definitely something to look at. Uh, you know, you want to utilize stable funds, stable names, you know, Vanguard money market, uh, Fidelity money market, the, the bigger names that are out there and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll treat you right. Uh, that 4.35% that can vary over time now over the next year, if they were to lower interest rates, you would see that 4.35% yield drop over time. So it's not a guaranteed rate. It's just kind of the going rate. Um, different to that are CDs. CDs are a little bit more, more of a guaranteed rate in the fact that you can get three-month CDs, six-month CDs, one-year CDs. Uh, the thing to look at with CDs is everything is going to be quoted in APY, or annual percentage yield. And why that's important, uh, especially if you go out and look at, I think Chase right now is offering about 4% for one year. Uh, I'm seeing some 4% six-month CDs, but that 4% is APY, which means even though it's a six-month CD, they're quoting the annual yield or the annual interest you're going to get on that CD. So just be careful that if you're buying a six month CD and they're quoting 4% APY, know that you're really only going to get 2% because you're only holding the money for half that time. Same thing with a three month CD, you'd slice it by a fourth just to give you an idea of what you're looking for. So numbers keep in mind, SEC seven day yield and uh, the, uh, the APY or annual percentage rate on CDs. Last thing I'll say about bank accounts, very safe uh, banks, uh, you know, FDIC insurance. If you walk into a bank, you see a sticker on the door usually or on the desk, uh, federal deposit uh, insurance. Each person in each account is insured up to 250,000. So if we have another, um, you know, run on the banks or whatever, like the stock market crash in 29, your money and your deposits are insured up to $250,000 for each account. So uh, very safe, um, but again, with banks, Choose a national, choose a regional brand, choose a credit union you believe in. Uh, just be careful of the standalones and one-offs that are out there for many reasons. Uh, again, AT, get your ATMs, have access to the bank should you need some banking capabilities, whatnot. Uh, just some things to keep in mind. So that's all I have for cash management today. I hope maybe, uh, again, not, not a, a mind-blowing piece, but really when you break down all these different segments, nothing's mind-blowing about any of these. And that's that's what's interesting about finance and, and investing in personal finance is if we take each piece and we break it down, it's not mind blowing, very exciting stuff. All of it is being organized, understanding your options, 
and then working through the process of starting at the bottom and working your way up from a, a beginner level to an intermediate level to a more advanced level uh, of personal finance, budgeting, and investing. So we've uh, clear, cleared up the cash management side. Any questions, any comments, please feel free to reach out, rainovermoney.com. Uh, visit us on YouTube channel, Rain Over Money, Instagram, Twitter. I'm out there all the time. And um, email as well, contact at rainovermoney.com. I want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to, to join me. I'm um, seeing the followers and, and the interest grow. So I really appreciate everyone taking the time uh, to join this. If there's episodes, other topics you want me to cover, please feel free to shoot me a note and we'll, uh, we'll get to it at one point or another. Again, I'm Kevin Hissong with Rain Over Money. I'm out of here. Stay warm, everyone, and have a great day. We'll see you.